a platform for an in-depth look in economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this edition of BizTalk. I'm Guanxing in Beijing. Inflation has dominated the news about America's economy in recent months. The record inflation rating in four decades keeps the Fed on an aggressive rate-hiking path, creating recession risks not only for the U.S. but also for the world economy. To help us better understand this, we are very delighted to be joined by two distinguished guests today, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, a renowned U.S. economist, director of the Center for Sustainable Development at Columbia University and senior advisor to the U.N. on SDG goals. Welcome to the show, Professor Sachs. Thank you. Very good to be with you. And Professor Michael Powers from Tsinghua University in China. He's a chair professor of finance at School of Economics and Management. Welcome, Professor Powers. Thanks for your time today. Thank you for having me. Well, a vast majority of Americans are feeling the pinch of rising inflation recently. They have to pay sharply higher prices for everything from gas, groceries to airplane tickets. The latest report from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that the annual inflation rate in America rose 8.6 percent in May and 9.1 percent in June, and that marks its highest level since 1981, and confirms that inflation is now America's most challenging economic problem. In comparison between the start of 1991 and the end of 2019, year-on-year inflation in the U.S. averaged about just 2.3 percent. The causes here is that、um, the, I, I believe the money supply in, in the United States. I think there has been、um, a too, too, too much money available、um, for 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 too many years,、um, and then when when the pandemic came and certain people、um, began began hurting, they they were losing their jobs,、um, they were unable to work, and so forth. Um, it was sort of a broad brush approach to pump a tremendous amount of money, trillions of dollars, into the U.S. and the world economy. That was really what got our, our current period of inflation started.、Uh, this funding and the promise or the intent by the Biden administration to spend vast amounts more,、um, as we were coming out of a pandemic with all of these、uh, these supply problems. Um, is what I think created expectations of inflation, drove up prices, and、um, and now we're we're, we're seeing the, the results of that. Of course, there are other things, but I, I think that that's where really the impetus for the, the inflation began. What caused the record inflation? The Biden administration has looked for villains to blame, ranging from greedy corporations to Vladimir Putin, but it shouldn't neglect one possibility: aggressive government spending. What I'm going to do is sign this bill. Got it. The U.S. Congress and President Joe Biden passed a historic 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus plan in March 2021. The plan sent direct payments of up to 1,400 dollars to most Americans and caused undesirably high inflation. Yeah, there, there's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. No serious economist. That's totally different. In a meeting with journalists in July 2021, six months into his presidency, Biden insisted that high inflation would only be temporary. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation, but that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. 
Biden also said that only unchecked long-term inflation would be a real challenge. I want to be clear. My administration understands that if we were to ever experience unchecked inflation over the long term, that would pose a real challenge to our economy. Yet just months later, inflation is running at near four-decade high, reaffirming that price pressures are rampant through the U.S. economy. I believe that inflation is our top economic challenge right now. Was the $1.9 trillion stimulus excessive? The United States government, first under President Trump and later under President Biden, um, on a bipartisan basis, decided to engage in tremendous amounts of spending. Now, that's not necessarily a bad idea because, as I said, there were people who were hurting from, from the pandemic. However, the, the spending was very broad-based and not, not very well targeted. Um, so the in, it, individuals who were not hurting that badly received compensation. And, and this is true of businesses as well. So what they did with them is they went into the market and they bought things that they wanted while they had the time to do so. They were working at home. They had more more hours um, in which to do things. They they took the money, they bought goods rather than services, rather than going out and on vacations or restaurants or whatever. They bought things and uh, that raised the prices of those things. And not just for Americans, but for people all around the world. So when you when you see a rising inflation in other countries, hmm. in Europe, the United uh, UK, um, in in Latin America, Brazil, um, India um, has uh, has substantial inflation. Um, much of this is coming is is being exported by Americans with too much money um, paying for or, or buying up the, the the goods that are in somewhat short supply because of the pandemic. A range of economists believe the U.S. Federal Reserve has fueled inflation by flooding the market with too much money as its remedy to rescue the pandemic-hit economy. The Washington Post reports that the Fed's M2, the broadest measure of the money supply, stood at more than $21.6 trillion by February, up 40% from $15.5 trillion in February 2020. That was almost four times as much as new money as had been created during the two years before the pandemic. Some critics believe that explains why the United States is experiencing its highest inflation since the 1980s. The central bank has also purchased nearly $5 trillion in mortgage-backed and government securities to help ease credit during the pandemic. That has also added to the already soaring inflation in the country. Biden expressed support for the U.S. Federal Reserve as early as 2021, when high-rising inflation began to attract attention from the public. As I made clear to Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve when we met recently, the Fed is independent should take whatever steps it deems necessary to support a strong, durable economic recovery. But critics believe the administration missed the early call and failed to take inflation seriously enough. I think it's a mistake to assume that we've seen the worst of inflation. Well, I think the Federal Reserve said it was temporary. They kept saying it was temporary for quite a while, and they finally had to change their tune, and now we have some serious interest rate hikes. Looks like this is going to be here for Quite a few months, if not longer. It's just a question of how long. No, I don't think the government's done a good job because all last year this began and they did nothing because they thought it was temporary. Um, and I don't think the administration's really put it as a very high priority. Um, 
you know, the, they try to blame it on other things like the war in Ukraine and, um, um, you know, and Putin, that kind of thing. When the stimulus was made, uh, it was made uh, with not only deficit financing, in other words, uh, borrowing to pay for it, but mm -hmm. the Fed purchased a huge proportion of government bonds at the time. So it was essentially a debt financed, but really money financed. But I would add that the Fed was on a roar. It was uh, just rip roaring monetary expansion to monetize uh, uh, it, trillions of trillions of dollars in an extraordinarily short period of time. And that was following easy monetary policy since uh, the fall of 2008, because even after the, the financial crisis that the U.S. caused in September 2008, when one of the greatest blunders of, uh, of economic policy in modern times, forcing Lehman Brothers into an abrupt uh, bankruptcy and default, triggered a global financial panic. Many false assumptions were made. The Fed thought, ah, we are, uh, you know, living in a transitory moment, it'll be a blip and that'll be the end of the story because all all good things are going to happen. So uh, nothing good is happening because they're, they're, nobody's being prudent in leadership in the U.S. and unfortunately in a lot of uh, other places. We have one crisis after the next. We seem to make these crises. We don't want to sit down and solve them. But at the same time, the Federal Reserve, our central bank, and to a lesser extent, other central banks pumped up the money supply enormously, especially in early 2020 after the pandemic first started, because the idea was to avoid a financial crisis. So the money supply went up enormously, but the bottlenecks on the supply side have continued to deepen. This is my reason, sad to say, for uh, extrapolating that we've got more difficulties to come because to get out of this, you need to think clearly uh, and be cooperative. And unfortunately, none of that is in the works right now. Coming up next, soaring inflation seals the case for large interest rate hikes in the U.S., ending years of ultra-cheap money. But as the Fed battles inflation, the economy hangs in the balance. We're not the only country that's experiencing inflation. Great po political theater to point and just say, oh, prices are up. And my reaction is, duh, they're up for everybody. The question is what we should be doing to help bring those prices down. So let me say, I, I, I think that bringing inflation down should be our number one priority. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Hi, this is Niu Niu, and yes... Old Wisdom New Insights is back with a brand new season. People say third time's a charm, and we are ready to go viral this year. Just check out the historical figures we've selected for you. 
there's the top KOL in Song Dynasty, a real celebrity influencer. If I write an article about a place, it will become a tourist destination and stay popular for centuries. There's the man who was so weird but so talented that almost all the famous celebrities of his time were both offended and impressed by him at the same time. To be liked or disliked, that was never the question for me. I was not really popular among my peers, but I was too occupied with my dream to even realize that. There's the successful novelist who changed his career path in his 60s and did a really good job. I say it's never too old to follow your dream. 60s, just my 30. Now, do you know who I'm talking about? If not, don't you worry. That's what the show is all about. Join me this August to find out with more old wisdom, new insights with a modern twist. Just subscribe and listen to Old Wisdom, New Insights on all the major podcast platforms. To tackle inflation, the Fed hiked interest rates by 75 basis points for a second time in a row. This is a force increase in five months. But it has to walk a fine line, making sure it won't make conditions so tight that employers stop hiring and derail a recovery. The Federal Reserve used to keep its main benchmark interest rate at zero once the pandemic began. We are committed to using our full range of tools to support the economy in this challenging time. We have held our policy rate near zero since mid-March. With inflation worsening this year, the Fed overturned policy and raised its benchmark interest rate by three quarters of a percentage point in June and July. Those were the most aggressive hike since the early 1990s. The FOMC raised its policy interest rate by three quarters of a percentage point, and anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate. And Professor Powers, do you think the Fed made a mistake? But how come it missed early signals? That, that's a very good question. I think it did make a mistake. I, I, I can recall very clearly. I think it was April of 2021. There was a sudden spike in inflation.、Um, I'm, I'm a statistician, and I could see that you know the, the, there was something unusual,、um, and I knew that it was happening at the same time that、uh, the government was. Putting a lot of money into the economy, and I sort of said, "Oh, this could be the first of many months of increases."、Um, so I think that、uh, professional economists should have caught this earlier. I think that they were in denial. I think they didn't want to believe that the spending、um, that the government uh, had um, had carried out because of the, the COVID pandemic. I, I, I think they they didn't want to believe that that was the cause. They wanted to believe. That it was just、um, on the demand side, perhaps、uh, the pent-up demand as we were supposed to be coming out of the pandemic, and on the supply side, probably the bigger effect was that、uh, the pandemic had caused so much disruption that it, there just weren't enough goods available, and, and so we would see spikes. We would see a transitory, you know, inflation. We would see these little spikes and, and so forth.、And、that was the debate at the time.、Um, And it, it turned out that actually it was、um, it was going to be、um, longer term, more more systemic. Analysts worry that a quick tightening of credit by the Federal Reserve will instead end up in recession. 
Chances are that we'll avoid recession uh, this year, but I think that's a very, very strong chance. But I think the chance is perhaps 40% of a recession beginning sometime over the next uh, two years. Goldman Sachs has estimated the likelihood of a recession at 30% of the next year and at 48% of the next two years. The one thing in the United States politics that is basically impossible is to tax rich people because the United States politics is run for the rich. And so all through this, the corporations have been not only without any taxes, but have been subsidized in countless ways. But that's the American way. Uh, and uh, the result is you get a lot of inflation. But if you really mess up the supply side at the same time, then you get stagflation. Uh, I think we're really likely to have that. I don't really see how we're going to avoid that in the coming months. We already have had two quarters in a row now of uh, negative uh, change of yeah. uh, gross domestic product. It hasn't officially been declared a recession, but the Fed continues to raise interest rates. Uh, finding a soft landing in the midst of this global crisis, by the way, with an ongoing pandemic and nobody wears face masks in the U.S. It's amazing. You know, we just have ongoing transmission of this virus. I I don't see a soft landing coming. They're they're just not clever enough for it. They're 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 not sophisticated in how they're managing the situation. And Professor Powers, what do you think about the risk of recession? I, I think there is certainly a risk of recession. I am not yet sure that we're going to get into a deep period of, of stagflation, which of course is one of the more frightening uh, types of um, uh, economic crises that we could have. Um, we could, for example, um, sort of bounce out of this um, this, this economic contraction that we, we've entered and things could improve, inflation could come down, everything could be wonderful. Um, uh, but I, 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 I do think that this is a very, very delicate time. Every country has to look very carefully at what it can do to deal with the two issues of inflation on the one hand and, and, and contraction on the other. Do you think the U.S. is exporting inflation to the world in some ways? So you have um, you have this inflationary economy. Um, I, I do believe much of much of the inflation around the world was exported um, from the U.S. That is, U.S. consumers were buying goods, uh, taking the, the 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 money the government gave gave them, buying goods, raising the prices um, for everyone. Now uh, the, the and the Fed was slow to react, so that inflation had time to to spread everywhere. Those other countries are going to have to deal with uh, the fallout from the, the first the inflation and then the U.S. Fed's action. There are a variety of things they can do, but it's very, very diff difficult and a very delicate uh, period of time. Coming up next. The inflation pressures have broadened and intensified with prices for many goods and services increasingly strongly. The American inflation has already had a global impact. That's as observers find that U.S. domestic inflation correlates strongly with global inflation in the short and long terms. And as the Fed raises interest rates, dollar-denominated loans become an unsustainable burden for countries around the world.
wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African. How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Twenty-five hundred years ago, an old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of five thousand words, which, for the next two and a half millennia, would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Lao Tzu and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle, and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. An analysis by the Pew Research Center shows that consumer prices in nearly all of 44 surveyed countries have risen substantially since pre-pandemic times. The average annual inflation rate in 37 of those nations in the first quarter of this year was at least twice what it was in the same period in 2020. The dollar is edging up against the basket of trading currencies as high interest rates in the U.S. make it more attractive place for investors to store their money. To take full advantage, investors must sell their own currency and buy dollars, and that sends the price of the dollar sky high and complicated inflation in other countries because most commodities are priced in the dollar. The Fed has made it clear that tackling inflation will be its top priority. However, how have hawkish Fed policies complicated other countries' efforts to tame runaway prices amid economic downturn, Professor Powers? Well, I, I think that the the major impact is that it, it is that it has strengthened the U.S. dollar, and this makes it very difficult、um, mm. for for nations around the world. The Fed is acting;、um, it's it's、um, raising interest rates, which strengthens the U.S. dollar. And、um, although that is is going to have、um, a you know a, a, a decreasing effect, it's going to mitigate some of the the demand、uh, mm. for for these goods that, that Americans have. At the same time, it's going to make them able to buy more with their reduced demand. So they're still going to be、um, they're still going to be pushing other people out of the markets or competing very effectively and, and keeping prices up. Uh, for people in, in, in countries around the world, so、um, they have a variety of, of things that they can do. Obvious thing to do would be to to raise interest rates locally in in, in their own countries.、Uh, they can try. To, so some will probably tr- some will probably raise interest rates. That may be a solution.、Uh, they will try to reduce their dependence on dollar-denominated、um, goods. They will try to、uh, goods and and debt as well, but it's very very diff- difficult. The Fed's monetary tightening cycle and soaring dollar could hurt the world economy in another way. That's because most developing countries owe their debt in U.S. dollars, and many will struggle to find an ever increasing amount of local currency to service their obligations. They will either have to tax their economies more, issue inflationary local money, or simply borrow more. 
The results could be deep recession, hyperinflation, a sovereign debt crisis, or all three together. And foreign capital flees poorer countries in a faster pace, distressing the local economy. We are already seeing this in Sri Lanka. The country's external debt service payment stood at seven billion U.S. dollars for what remains of this year, against foreign reserves of 1.9 billion U.S. dollars at the end of March 2022. In Professor Sachs, the Fed's rate hike cycle has made it harder for many low-income countries to repay their debt. Will more countries face debt crisis? What choices do they have? We have probably twenty、uh, to thirty low-income and especially、uh, middle-income countries that borrowed heavily on、uh, the eurobond market or other、uh, bond markets、uh, that are in some serious distress right now,、uh, and、uh, we're going to see、uh, a cascade of problems、uh, coming from that, especially、uh, as the downturn. Continues, and many of these countries are also food and energy importers, because we're also going to have a cascade of financial crises in poor and middle-income countries. And so, this is another、uh, thing that has not really uh, uh, come onto the radar screen. We have little blips here and there, like the Sri Lanka default or the Zambia rescheduling, but it's going to be dozens of countries. And so, all of this. Tells me, calm down. Don't provoke. Open lines of communication. Negotiate. Find a common approach.、Mm-hmm. And we have a G20 meeting coming up in Bali in November. That should be the time for cooperation. But I don't see it in our politicians right now. They they'd have to be moral leaders, not just、uh, cheerleaders. Uh, Professor Powers, what do you think about、um, what more can be done to to contain this crisis from spiraling? I think that、um, that Professor Sachs is right that that the the main、um, tools at the disposal、um, of the the world as a whole、um, are come from multilateralism. They come from multilateral organizations.、Um, the, these countries, the smaller developing nations, can't. Resolve these problems by themselves, but we we do have to keep in mind that、um, the the best thing that could be done, especially for developing nations, is if the major powers of the world, United States, China, European Union,、um, would cooperate and and not get distracted by other issues. Yes,、um, two C's in Professor Sachs' words: calm down. And cooperate, and that is also very important.、Uh, that's all the time for today.、Uh, thanks to both of you, Professor Jeffrey Sachs, Director of the Center、oh, for、sure. Sustainable Development at Columbia University, and the Top Advisor to the UN on SDG Goals, and Professor Michael Powers, Chair Professor of Finance at School of Economics and Management of Tsinghua University. And that's all for this edition of Biz Talk. Thanks for being with us. Until next time, bye for now.